0: Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua.
1: Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode.
0: And to continue on with our spooky season, we are going to be talking about the Junji Ito
1: Collection. The Junji Ito Collection, it's a horror anthology series composed of 12 episodes. The collection consists of several of Junji Ito's stories adapted to anime. The anime first aired on January 5th of 2018. Ito is a horror mangaka, and many of his stories focus on human emotions, such as envy, jealousy, as well as body horror irrational compulsions, societal collapse, deep sea organisms and inevitable death. He has quite a range of horror and I think that's what makes his manga so popular. He's not really just a a niche writer, a niche writer. He kind of touches on it all to make all viewers feel a little bit uncomfortable in the reading cuz there will be at least one manga story out of his collection that just kind of resonates with somebody thing that's a little cool in that aspect too like you said it's not
0: niche so even if you don't like one someone else might like it or you may not feel like terrified or whatever from one but someone else might be completely creeped out by it like it all based on different emotions and stuff for each different person exactly and when Junji was asked where he got his inspiration from, he got his horrific and sometimes gross stories. He has said he's drawn inspiration from people such as H.P. Lovecraft and a few other manga. Mangaka? Ma-
1: mangaka, yeah. Yeah,
0: mangaka. So it says Kuzu U- Umizu and H- uh, yeah. Hideshi Hino.
1: Yeah, so, when I first started, or when I watched the first episode, I was a little more confused than I was scared, in just simple terms. I couldn't really tell if this episode I was watching was attempting for horror or comedy. Uh, This could be for, like, several reasons that I was trying to figure out while I was watching, because I couldn't quite pinpoint what I was feeling during this episode. So... I feel like in the first episode, the voice actors really just weren't that good in general. I didn't really find the main character's voice actor just to be that believable and convincing. He kind of set the tone wrong for the episode. And, I don't know, just as I was watching, it was more I I was just stuck in it to finish the story rather than enthralled in this episode. But that also could just be due to poor adaptation from manga to anime and maybe something just doesn't translate well from the page to the screen i think that's a big portion of this is a lot of the episodes just don't don't work well on screen which is kind of weird because i would feel screens would paint a better picture but that's just my thoughts on that and i just wasn't feeling it and they probably should have picked a better one for the first episode, in my opinion. There are a few good stories within there that would have been great as the intro to the entire series. But overall, I was kind of disappointed in this anime, uh, to lack of better terms. Like, I was just. I feel like it didn't get as hyped as the mangas are. Because reading online, a lot of people are obsessed with this manga, and some other people actually feel the same way, just that. The anime just doesn't do it justice. But with that being said, we can kind of go into some of these stories and talk about some of our favorite episodes from the collection. And which ones we liked and what are noteworthy. And maybe even talk about certain episodes and why we don't like them.
0: So one I thought was kind of interesting. and Because I kind of share the same opinion on some of these were a bit of a disappointment. Compared to what like I thought I was gonna be like getting into, and but one of them came in the last episode twelve, I believe. He titled his story "Smashed," if I recall that correctly. So apparently, there's this explorer that's going out, and he finds this like secluded town in the middle of pretty much nowhere, in like South America and it kind of gives you that hint cuz i'm a huge like indiana jones fan so it gives you this hint like something's wrong but they don't really show any of the tribe's men so like you don't know what these natives are for all we know they're, they they could just be like regular human beings but this guy takes his, one of their like kind of like treasures back which is this nectar that this village produces and it's very addicting and has a very sweet and delicious favor flavor so pretty much as soon as you have some you can't eat like normal food again because it's that good and you it's almost like alcohol or like any kind of drug anything you become so addicted to it that you can't eat or anything because it just doesn't taste as good as it. But one warning that this guy got from the tribe is don't eat it. Don't get noticed when you eat it. And it's like they don't really explain it. They just literally say don't get noticed. And so we go on and Zeke kind of shows off his, to his uh, like apprentice, I want to say. Of this nectar. And he gives them a taste. And they both have it. And it's completely sweet. What they want. Later on we see that his apprentice. Brings in some of his friends. to steal Well not steal it. But like just have a little bit more. Because he wants to share it with his friends. And when they're in there. They end up finding the original. explorer's body has like exploded. And nobody knows why. And. So they get freaked out and they leave the house. But of course they brought the nectar with them and they're all just outside eating it. And the next thing you know, one of their friends, one of the five, like there's, I think there's like five people, one of them just explodes right in front of them and they're all freaking out now. They're scared and they decide to like not eat it because the apprentice starts putting two to two together and it was like, wait, don't get noticed it's the honey it's the nectar that's what's killing us and so they tried to stop it but obviously it's so addicting that the girl one of the girls caves in eats it and she dies right in front of them so now it's down to three people and they still can't figure out what the hell's going on and so they're sitting by this riverbed and there's two guys and a girl left the girl goes i can't take this anymore So, she has a jar of it, and she goes and eats it, and she doesn't explode. So, one of the guys is like, wait, are you serious? Like, he freaks out, and he decides he wants to have some, and he immediately, like, explodes. This is when we find out the girl's starting to go crazy, and she goes, I saw it, I saw it, he was flat, and there's, like, this big hand that comes and just falls and completely smashes the person. And she goes, I get it, I know how we can survive. You just have to go somewhere where they can't like reach you or something. So she jumps in the river thinking that's gonna save her. Obviously it doesn't. The hand comes down and kills her. And the last remaining guy finds the map of the leftover map from the original Explorer to find where the village is. So he goes there and he finds out there's this tree, this ginormous tree, and all its branches are like wriggling, moving around. And at the end are like giant hands. It's not like actual giant hands, but it looks exactly like a hand, but like a branch form. And he, this is when we find out like what this tree is, because it's missing one of the branches. And then it like teleports back. So this is what it meant by don't get noticed. Don't get noticed by this tree. And of course, he's still addicted to the nectar. He finds some at the base of the tree. And the last thing we see is one of the branches coming down right
1: before hitting him. Damn, that's a pretty intense one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of I kind of like it because it like I said, it kind of gave me that like Indiana Jones feeling where they found something some kind of cursed item or something like that that they weren't supposed to have necessarily but my thing is the whole don't get noticed thing that kind of leaves you with it because if you watch it some of the people that die are when they're in a group together so it's like how did everyone else go unnoticed but not this person like what's the rule of it
1: they never really explain that right it's like Almost part of the horror, I guess, would be not knowing what the rules are. And not knowing the exceptions to it. But I really like that one. That one's like a, a fun... and Fun, as everyone's dying. It's it's like a, a fun adventure. Like you said, it's very Indiana Jones style. So that's kind of cool. I like that. One of the ones I liked... It's weird because some of the ones I like aren't really spooky either. It's almost weird. The ones that are scarier are the ones I didn't like as much. They just weren't played off well. But the one I enjoyed was one of the shorts at the end of the episode. It was called The Long Dream. I enjoyed this because it was more of a psychological gray area. Along a moral dilemma rather than any sort of horror So the long dream starts off with a woman that's in a hospital and she has this unrelenting fear of death and she keeps freaking out that this monster keeps appearing in her room at night. And she's in the hospital for this fear of death. She can't get over it. She can't function in society. So they're kind of monitoring her to get to the root of her fear. So this monster keeps appearing in a room, and they keep saying, there's no monsters here, there's no monsters here. Like, you're safe. And then we cut to another scene of a man in a hospital who is complaining about having these severely long dreams that are indistinguishable from the real world. And they last days. So if he's only asleep for just moments, the dreams can last for days or even weeks so they start monitoring him to make sure like to figure this out because if it is indistinguishable from the real world that could lead to problems once you wake up but as they're studying him they his body can't withstand the mental exhaustion because they're keeping him up to to prevent these dreams so he starts to doze off and every time he falls asleep the dreams get longer and longer to the point to where he says the last dream i was in lasted a year which when he wakes up he's asking like where am i who what is this and then he says oh i remember now i'm in the hospital so his memories are starting to go just due to the exhaustion he has from experiencing a year in these dreams So as they're doing their experiments and tests on him, his dreams start to last centuries. And his body starts to kind of break down in this unnatural way. He basically becomes a different life form from the outside. He looks completely disheveled and grotesque. And his mind is so fried at this point that he starts to explore the hospitals when he is awake, just roaming the halls and we see that he enters the room of this woman who says there's a monster and they quickly grab him and pull him away and take him back to his room so this man is the monster that she keeps seeing at night because he doesn't understand the real world anymore so he's he thinks he's in a dream so he's trying he i don't know i don't know exactly what he's doing if he's just trying to like talk to people but he doesn't understand the basic concepts of society anymore because he's used to dream world but as soon as this man his dreams they believe will hit an infinite length because they're exponentially increasing to where he's having century-long dreams so they believe at the time of his death his dream will last a lifetime so it'll basically be like he's immortal in his dream state and if it's indistinguishable from the real world then it's basically like he's an immortal man but after his dream reaches this immortal state he dies and he kind of just falls apart i don't really understand why just his body can't keep up with him so he just crumbles so they start to do a little bit of experimenting on his brain with under a microscope and they see these crystals and the doctor's like well this is very interesting i wonder if this is what caused his issues And shortly after we learn that he's looking at these crystals, the woman who fears death no longer fears them anymore. She says she's happy to wake up today, like nothing's wrong, this and that. She's like, but the weird thing is my dreams have started to become longer. And that, as a a viewer, you're like, oh shit, like is he contagious or what happened? Then we find out the doctor actually started injecting crystals into her To see if they have the same fate as the man with the long dreams. And he wants to... The doctor claims that he wants to free humanity from death by giving everyone these crystals. So they will dream for an eternity and never die. What? I was going to say, that's definitely more psychological. And that for sure plays on your mind. I really like that one for the psychological reasons. Because the thought of losing sense of reality and getting your mind confused with a dream is really interesting to me. Because if the dream is indistinguishable from the real world, then what's to say that it's not real? Or how is it any less real than the real world if you're living your everyday life within these really long dreams? I don't know. It's it's the question of morality and is it okay to make people live in this hyper-realistic dream state for an eternity rather than have them live in the real world i don't know it's not really a traditional horror aspect i'd say but i really like the concept and it really begs the question of what is real and is it inhumane to make people experience these dreams if they're already going to die soon it reminded me a little bit of inception Oh, yeah, like kind of implanting these thoughts into them. So you're kind of implanting this forever dream into people, into their minds.
0: That, and they were saying like the deeper the deeper you go, like the more levels, the more time will pass, even though okay. time doesn't pass there. So it would have a an effect on your psyche because you could live for 90 years and then all of a sudden you come back and you're like, wait. what's going on because i have memories of 90 years ago but not now
1: yeah because like these dreams were starting to last forever and he when he would wake up he wouldn't even remember what it was like before he fell asleep so yeah it's very psychological not really horror in the traditional aspect And i really liked that i don't know if if that really um can be considered horror but it's fun that was a fun one I think it still
0: can't, because it's definitely more of a psychological thing, but my question would only be, is, like, what is he dreaming that makes it so real? Like, is he literally just experiencing his life? Like, did he dream he got out of the hospital, and then he went back to work and, like, continued on with his life? Or, like, what's actually going on in his dream? Because it doesn't necessarily say he was having, like, nightmares
1: or anything. Oh, Actually, now that you say that, I do remember him saying when he first came into the hospital, he said, I've been having extremely long dreams. And the doctor's like, oh, that's great. Like, it's it's like you're living in a real world, but without, like, the consequences of life. He's like, yeah, it would be great if all of them were good. So he was saying, like, some of them are nightmares, which would be terrifying Ooh. if you have a century long nightmare. Yeah. Maybe this is not maybe this entire show is just from the perspective of this guy's nightmares oh my god <laughs> like the entire junji ito collection is just this man's dreams
0: there's a patient and he and he actually interviewed the patient and he got all these stories from each one of his dreams <laughs> that's why some are short and some are long
1: yeah the, the short ones are just the beginning dreams the long ones are his later dreams uh, that's actually funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> I got a theory. Although, I do like that concept. (laughs) Theory craft in here.
0: It's very. I think it's more scary just thinking about that concept. I think that's the horror aspect. Is like.
1: Think about that happening in real life, and you're like. Yeah, like those dreams where you wake up from, but this one's one where you just don't wake up. Because, like. So. This one
0: is one. I would say I'm not a huge fan of. And this one I feel like. Is a very cultural difference. And that's why I don't. Like resonate with it. Is there's. I'm not 100% sure if it was called this. But I'm calling it. The river to the afterlife. There's this grandma that lives alone. In the village. Who was trying to call up any one of her family members. To come and visit her. She was like kind of desperate. Asking for someone to come. And one of her granddaughters decides to come and visit her. And as she's, there's this bridge that crosses over to the village. And as she's going there trying to find her grandma's house, she runs into an old man and she asks, do you know who, what was her name? Like Oshina or something like that. I forget her name, but she has, do you know where she lives? And he goes, yeah, she lives over there. But it turned out it was like this ghost and of course the woman freaks out and she runs to her grandma's house because luckily it was the correct house. And she slams the door and there's like more ghosts appearing and they're all like on this bridge and she's freaking out and the grandma's like completely calm about this. She goes, yeah, this has been happening on for years. It's happened so much now that I can't sleep calmly now without hearing their voices. And she claims that they're all the villagers who used to live here. Because in this village, they had this tradition where they would put you on this. When you died, you would put be put on this mat, carried down the river, and you would pass under the bridge. And that would lead you to, like, your afterlife. But the first one that goes through ends up hitting the edge of the bridge while it was flowing downstream. And his body falls falls in the river, and doesn't get carried away, so his body's left there, and his soul is to remain here, like, fall of eternity. That's the whole tradition of it. And, at first you think, oh, it, because they joke around that he's always had bad luck in his life, so it's like, oh, okay. It's kind of a play on that. Well, then the next person who dies was ends up being the person the grandma was actually had like, a crush in, crush on, and He was, I think they said like two meters tall. He's a very tall fellow. And for these mats they make, they had to end up using two mats for him in order to like safely go down the river. And as he was going, of course, it hit the edge. And because he was actually so big, he actually, you know how the bridges have like that arc? His body was horizontal enough to where he was so tall that he wouldn't, he couldn't go because he was stuck there, and of course the the grandma at the time she's obviously young at this point she's looking down and she swears that he looked up at her before he eventually they like tugged on him so he could flow down, but obviously because he's not on the map he sinks to the bottom of the river. That's the last one we saw him, but it's shown that. Every one of the villagers had this happen to them and they're calling out to her because they want her to join. And so that's why she tried to call one of her relatives is because she knows she's about to die. And she's asking her, please, if I die, bury me in the ground. Do not let me go down that river. Do Let my soul rest in peace. And obviously the girl is freaking out and she goes... Come on, we're going to leave this village tomorrow. When it's morning, we're going to be we're going to leave. And I forget why she left the house for something, and she ends up running into the old ghost again, and he says something like she's finally with us, and she freaks out cuz she's like, "Wait, what's going on?" and she runs to her grandma's house and of course is empty and like the last thing you see is the grandma's body on the mat floating down the river now i didn't really like when i watched this i was like this like i could see how it was like a haunting tale for especially if like if you wanted to like this village was real and someone wanted to make a story of it like for like haunted houses like scary stories and everything but I think it's more of a traditional barrier between us and like Japan on how they, because it was a tradition they had in their village. So obviously more people would be freaked out by that than us that are just reading it as a story and seeing it as a, like portrayed as a story. I'm just like, cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. It feels like it just definitely didn't come off the screen in the same way as it would maybe Japanese viewers possibly or just in general. It kind of seems like some sort of barrier there.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's a cultural difference with that just because I feel – because it was like a tradition for them like to go – they pass through this and on to the afterlife. So obviously they were raised in this village thinking that and I'm – And I know Japanese culture has, like, a lot of similarity, like, with death and afterlife and all this stuff with them. So, obviously, this whole thing would be more detrimental to them on the whole, like, them almost being rejected by, like, this bridge because they get hit and they fall in the water instead of going on. So, I feel, like, for them and... That would definitely hit home more than to us that doesn't really have that connection
1: right yeah that makes sense so i definitely do see the potential there but like you said it's just the differences
0: definitely like i feel a lot of these short stories could be expanded on because like for that instance you could easily have gone on like throughout the whole village and maybe that, like, those people, the ghosts that couldn't go past, they are secretly make accidents happen that causes people to die one by one. And for some reason, they don't decide to leave because who knows why. Um, but yeah. you see them slowly go down, getting hit by the bridge. Like, it's just, got, like, going. And then, obviously, panic ensues. And if you have that buildup then you could easily make this like a nice little even a short anime like corpse party was only four episodes but it was still freaking terrifying I just feel like some of these could be expanded on
1: yeah I definitely think if like this one specifically was maybe like a few episodes you could definitely get us into a mindset of why this would be scary and stuff like that you could add more to it give it a deeper backstory get us more engaged into it rather than Maybe half an episode or a 20 minute thing that it is now.
0: Yeah, I think this one was actually only like
1: five or six minutes. It wasn't very, it was one of the short ones. Yeah, sometimes the short ones are good, but for things that have a little more depth into it, like that one, it probably would have been better as a whole episode or a little bit longer. Yeah, that's why, like,
0: for this short one, I feel like it based it on pre known knowledge.
1: And that's yeah. what would have made it more effective. And One I found enjoyable, it wasn't a very long one. I think this one was like a 10-minute one as well. This one, it wasn't really scary in terms of... It, it's probably another psychological one, actually, thinking about it. So, there was this episode where this girl, she never comes out of her house because everyone says that she's sick so we're getting this perspective from a kid next door looking out his window and this a doctor shows up to this woman's house or girl's house the doctor goes in and she starts screaming it almost seems like he's doing like terrible experiments on her or something along those lines and then he leaves and then the next night, we you get another perspective looking through. We see her silhouette. She's freaking out. She looks like she's swatting at bugs, and she, she's yelling, I don't want the bugs to get me. Get them out of me. And her parents come. They're like, there are no bugs. There are no bugs. And we just kind of get thrown off like, okay, that was weird. And then the next day, she's sitting at the window just looking out. The windows open she's looking out into her backyard and the kids just looking at her like she doesn't seem that sick to me I don't I don't really understand and then she she points out the window to her backyard and as she's pointing there's holes throughout her like entire arm just a bunch of holes and this freaks the guy out he's like holy shit like there's a lot of fucking holes so he freaks out he tells his parents they kind of just write off you're seeing things it was far away So then he tells his friend and his friend comes over and he's like, I got to see this for myself because I don't believe this at all. But before he came over, he talked to his mom and his mom was talking about how somebody she knew had these holes and eventually died because they took over like his entire body. But he's like, I don't believe that. She was probably just making fun of me for even bringing this up. So they're sitting there and they're going through some books and stuff. In his room just waiting for this girl to appear out the window again. And as they're going through they find a diary. And it's the boy who lives in the house. It's his grandpa's diary. And he's talking about how he found this jade stone. With a bunch of holes in it. And he was just mesmerized by it. He couldn't stop looking at it. He couldn't stop touching it. And then shortly after he started getting small holes to appear all over his body. And as the days went by the holes got bigger and bigger. To where he could actually feel the wind blowing through the holes. And on one night, he woke up and there were bugs that were flying all around him. And they started to enter his body, like kind of like a hive. He was a, a nest or a hive for these bugs. And he could feel them. And so he was freaking out by that. And then all of a sudden, a doctor shows up. Just a random doctor appears, does some blood work on him. And shortly after that, he dies. And you see his diary. They say, I can't even... I can't even read what's going on here. And then by the end of the... Because his handwriting just becomes messed up, probably because he's dying. And then the entries <laughs> just stop. But he said, before it got illegible, he said that he believes this jade cursed him, so he threw it out the window. And they, the, these two boys who are reading the diary are like, that's fucking weird. Like, the, he has holes, and now you're saying the girl next door has holes. And this was his room that he used to live in so if he threw the jade out it would have landed in her yard but this boy is still skeptical the the friend and he's like i don't really believe this but whatever and then the girl comes to the window as he's saying like this isn't true and we see the holes on her again so then we pan to nighttime because the boy's like all right that's all i needed to see whatever so we pan to nighttime and all of a sudden there's this banging on the kid's window. So he opens it, and it's his friend. His friend has a bunch of holes throughout his entire body, and he's freaking out. And he's like, what happened? And he's like, I went to the neighbor's yard, and I found the jade. I found it. I just had to see if the curse was true. I didn't believe it. And then the doctor shows up, and he's like, oh, my God, it's him. He follows the jade, and he starts just running. And eventually his body's found by a river, and it's just filled with holes in its shell of itself. And then we see the girl out in the backyard playing with no holes. And it just ends like that. So At is least, it kind of implied then if someone else gets the Jade curse before you die, you lose it? I think that's what they're implying. And it's because I think the progression moves on to the next person too, because she was about to die from these holes and then he gets them and then he dies. So it progressed really fast Because from what we could tell, the grandpa took a couple days to die. The girl took a couple days to get even close to dying. And then he died in one day. So I think it transfers over to the next person. And then this doctor is like the keeper of the jade to make sure everything goes okay, I guess, with the curse. I don't really know. He must be like the curse keeper. But this one was weird to me just because it's creepy and... The holes are disgusting looking it's like human swiss cheese sure. <laughs> and it really triggers like a, a trip tryptophobia response and that's like the irrational discomfort of holes yeah i know someone that has that yeah i'm not a big fan of holes either it's weird i don't understand it, it. doesn't it just creeps me out it doesn't really bother me but i have a friend who's
0: like terrified of it to where she can't even like look at pictures.
1: Oh, I can so. look at them. It's just I'm disgusted by the pictures. Like I it honeycombs don't bother me cuz it's all uniform and pretty. But just <laughs> the irregularities and the I don't know, it's really weird. That's the reason I don't like this episode, but I do like this episode cuz it really triggered that in me and it was gross. And then the it's bugs, a good one the to... bugs are really disgusting.
0: That's a good one to show someone who has the fear of that and just be like, yeah. hey, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they oh, get was like really a minute crazy. in and they're like, what the
1: fuck? What do you make me watch? So that's why I really enjoyed that one. Does it ever say it where
0: the jade came from?
1: No. So it didn't say where it came from. And it also said at the end that the jade disappeared after the kid died. So maybe the doctor's been looking for it or something. I don't know. What's with you and picking things with doctors? You know, it's just... Doctors are creepy, man. <laughs>
0: both of your... Both of your inputs have been something about a
1: doctor. Maybe I just have a thing with disliking doctors or something. I don't, I don't think one of mine
0: has a doctor... That I that I watched. I
1: think those were my only ones with doctors, to be honest. There's another short one that I liked. I didn't think it was
0: particularly scary, almost like at all. But it was a demon circus, and you start out with this ringmaster, ring leader. I forget. They're called, it's called either one of the two. And you start out and these three clowns come out rolling on the ball, like an audience act and all this stuff. And the reason why we're here is because one of the per- people in the audience fell in love with the only female act in this circus and... She knew, he knew she was from the circus because this is like a small village. Everyone knows each other. And she only appeared when the circus appeared. So he got a ticket to see the circus and all this stuff. And as we're watching, we see one of the clowns fall off the ball and like fall to the ground, which now I'm assuming he died because he doesn't move. I've, at first, I thought he just kind of got knocked out unconscious. But because in the events that unfold afterwards, I'm pretty sure he died. And he's dragged off. And, of course, the ringmaster's like, oh, like, made a joke or something. And he's like, go on to the next act. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, what you all been waiting for, the trapeze act. And it's the lady that we're showed to. And she walks through the type rope, And she makes it. And you're like, okay. Well, she made it fine, and then we go to a knife thrower, and this is when things start to get a little weird. Is at first, this guy obviously handcuffed or whatever to a spinning wheel or circle board or whatever, and the guy's throwing knives, and he manages to miss every single time, like he's supposed to, and he like outlines his entire body, and. He goes, ha, a deal's a deal. I'm now the main center or the main attraction of the audience. Now give me the girl. Because I guess he wanted her like for marriage or whoever knows. Like he fell in love with her or something. And the ringmaster's like, I wouldn't be so sure about that. And so he's like, what do you, he's like, continue on. So the knife thrower tries to throw a knife and his knife goes completely AWOL. And hits a pillar. And he's like what the. And the ringmaster gets like this evil grin. So you obviously know something's up. And so he goes back to throwing it. At the dude on the circle board. And he ends up hitting him straight in the chest. And killing him. But of course being the ringmaster. The show must go on. He's He quickly gets the clown from before. To quickly drag him out. And he's like. Well. You can redeem yourself one last time talking to the knife thrower. He's like, so the knife thrower lays down the ground, throws a knife up straight in the air, and it falls down, and it misses his head, like, perfectly. He still has... Going back to the knife thrower, after he manages his first one, he throws his last knife up, and, of course, this time it comes and lands directly on his chest. Killing him once again. And so then it kind of goes through some flashbacks. Or kind of quick paces of other acts. You have a fire breather who catches on fire. You have a guy that shot out of cannon. That just gets obliterated. And then finally you get to. Maybe this is what the trapeze act is. I think I called the other one the trapeze act. But it's you know in circus where. Two people swing from a bar. And then they like Mm. catch midair. Yeah, I don't know what that's called. So that's the event that's going on, and this is when the girl finally speaks up, and she goes, "No, don't do it. The ringmaster is actually a demon. He's here to collect souls. He's killing off everyone for some sick entertainment. Please do not do this trick. I love you. Don't do this." And I forget what this guy made some kind of speech. She's like. I love you, too, or something like that. And he's like, but I'm confident in my abilities. I won't mess up. So, of course, not listening, he goes on and the ropes connecting that handlebar snap and he plummets to his death. And that's when we pretty much find out that the ring master only made this circus to collect souls. And
1: that's pretty
0: much it. And I'm just
1: like, (laughs) (laughs) what? What? So it's not really horror unless you're a circus actor, circus performer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Because it was just like, it came out of nowhere. They're just like, oh, a circus is in town. They don't explain anything about this circus. Besides that this lady is what like the main attraction is. Cause she's like super pretty or something like that. So I don't know if the demon has her like hostage and that's why she's the only one that like ever lives. But they don't literally tell you anything about it besides, like, you just watch people die. At first, it was like, oh, it does seem like an accident. But then, like, once you see him holding his, like, little whip or whatever, and it shows him, it's like, all right, well, he's obviously doing something, but it's like, why? Because you don't ever see him turn. You don't see him do anything. Like, he stays a human. Well, looks like a human, anyways. But he doesn't do anything. And. The audience is still just captivated by it. That's why I'm just like, why aren't they freaking out when they saw a couple of deaths? Yeah. Because I guess because he made it look like accidents, people aren't worried. But if I was at a circus and I saw like three accidental deaths, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I'm going to leave. Maybe, maybe people thought it was part of the performance.
0: But I mean, you saw the blood and you saw them yeah, I mean... being dragged
1: out. They're performers, man. They have fake blood pouches everywhere. <laughs> I don't know. For me, it's just like if the audience like panicked a little,
0: and then he like forced them to watch it. That would have made it more scary and like showed them that he was demon. But like none of that happened. Everyone in the audience was just like just watching, and it's I'm just like, this like
1: is awesome. Like this is so sweet.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like is 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 that really what the response would be? And am, am I just Do I not have faith in humanity now that (laughs) I don't
1: think that they would just sit there and watch? Like, right? You know, sometimes COVID season, you got to get out of the house and you'll just watch anything.
0: (laughs) I don't know. It's just it was weird for me because like it was cool to watch, but I was like, these are so like they're not even they don't even look like some of them don't even look like accidents anymore. it's, like, so blatant, and I'm just like... Hmm. Okay. Pretty sus.
1: Sure. <laughs> Maybe the audiences were demons. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe that's where... or Because I'm, I'm pretty sure by the ending, it's implied that
0: he gets more circus members from the audience. Oh. Because one of the clowns... Because there was three clowns at the beginning, and one of the clowns at the end comes out and goes well do you want to run away with me like talking to the lady if what all you said is true then there's no point we have no future in this circus so do you want to run away with me or something it's like everyone's so fixated on this girl is that like the demon's power too i'm i'm just at a loss at exactly what is going on right
1: huh that's a weird one there's one that i really liked that doesn't involve a doctor.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. So a family moves into a house and they're like, "Let's go get introduced to our neighbors." So they go knocking on their neighbors' doors and stuff, introducing like, "Hey, we're new. We just want to get everyone to know get to know everyone in our neighborhood." And there's this their next-door neighbor's house. They walk up, they ring the doorbell, no no one answers. And the boy is like, Mom, doesn't this house seem kind of weird to you? She's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, there's only one fucking window. Like, what do you mean, what do I mean? This is a two-story house, and there's just one goddamn window in the whole goddamn thing. So he, they then go to other houses, and they're, they're asking, like, hey, what's up with our neighbor's house? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so. We don't really know anything about them. They don't go outside ever. And we never actually see them. Only at night you can sometimes see a silhouette in their window. So that's weird. So, but they're like, whatever. We'll we'll try to catch them at a different time. So, it transitions to night, or actually transitions to dinner. They're eating, and the boy's like, all right, I'm done eating. I'm just gonna go back to my room, and unpack. So he goes. It's late. And he just, he's looking out the window, staring at this window. He's like, great. This one window in the entire house is facing my bedroom. Like, that's just fantastic. So he shuts his window. He's going to bed. And all of a sudden he hears a voice that's calling out to him. Young boy, young boy. And it's really weird and creepy. And it's like, oh God. So he's, he looks out his window like, oh my God, what the hell? And there's this woman stand like sitting there with her window open, and she is horrific. She almost looks dead and mutilated in a way, kind of like she looks like she'd be from like little nightmares or something. She's very <laughs> gross looking, and she's like, "Why don't you come over? I'll leave the door unlocked for you if you just come over." And kids, if your parents have ever taught you anything, it's don't don't go into strangers' homes when they're trying to get you in there. Like just don't do it. So he shuts his window. He's like, you're fucking weird, slams the window on her. And the next morning you see him walking past her house through the people. Like, we're looking at that perspective. He stops, he looks at the door, and then he just keeps walking. He's like, I'm not I'm not doing that. So then goes back to nighttime, and the same thing happens. She's like, if you don't open your window, I'll come to you. I'm coming over right now. And he's like, what the fuck? So he opens his window, and she has this pole that she's trying to put across windowsills. And he pushes it like, you're not crawling over to my fucking house. And then he goes and gets his parents, and the pole's gone, and the window's closed, and there's nothing to be seen. And they're like, you probably just dreamt this. He's like, no, this is the second night this happened. I didn't dream this shit. But they're like, just go to bed. It's nothing. You're making this up. So then he goes to bed. And the same thing happens. We see the peephole. He walked past and he stops in front of the house. He's just staring like he's contemplating whether he should go in or not. Then he continues to walk. And then we go back to another transition at nighttime, the third night. And this time he said, I'm not opening a window for anything. And you hear doing her same call. And she says, I'll come get you. If you don't come get me, I'm almost at your window. I'm, I'm very close. I'm reaching for it just a little bit further and so you hear her she's like i'm about to knock on your window and then it cuts to morning and it's a out out zoomed version of their houses both these houses and this house is stretched over to like the window is stretching over to his window so it's an arm's length away and this house is like all distorted now it's the same color as her skin which was like a purplish red and we don't get any answers whether to – if the kid's still alive or not. But I assume since it transitioned to morning and the window is almost pressed up against his window that she managed to get in and take him. But we have no indication of whether he survived or not. So it just kind of ends with that picture of the house? Uh-huh. Like, hmm. Yeah. So we, we don't know if the window was opened or – if he managed to get out in time but it's pretty weird i liked this one just due to the ambiguity of the ending we don't know if he survived or not but i assume he did not since the house is still in its transformed state because i feel like she's satisfied that she got what she wanted see i feel the opposite because if she grabbed him
0: i feel like the house would have went back because then it would have looked more like he just disappeared where now it's like next night if he doesn't open up the window that's when it's gonna happen
1: that's a fair point or maybe maybe she's not even allowed to touch the other house i don't know maybe there's some rule where if he opens the window she can grab him but if it's closed she can't get to him or something that could be there's a lot of story like ghost stories and stuff like that yeah where you have to invite them in or you have to open up something
0: that reminds me of a there's another this isn't one of the Junji collections but there's another like horror story where you pick your phone rings and it's like an unknown number and they're like I'm at the park and then that's like I'm coming for you or something if you hang up They'll call again, and they're like, I'm down your street, I'm coming for you, hangs up again, calls you, I'm in front of your door, and, like, obviously it freaks people out, and then, like, you hear the knocking, and then if you open it, it's, like, this little girl, and she kills you. But, if you don't answer her, she still kills you.
1: Oh, damn. Wow. Catch-22 right there, like, Jesus.
0: Yeah, you don't really have a choice. Pretty much once you get that phone call, you're dead.
1: Huh. Yeah, I, you so second. maybe that's similar to this. Like, she can't actually do anything to your house. Because when she was reaching the pole across to get to his windowsill, the pole never actually touched his house, which was interesting. Because she was right there at his ledge, but she was, like, holding it above it. So maybe... She can't physically touch the house, and he has to invite or go to her, or she has to reach in through his window. So, like you said, maybe the next night would be the night if he happened to open the door or window. Yeah, I like it's kind of.
0: I, like I like ghost stories like that, though, that they have like a stipulation mm-hmm. because I think that makes them a little more scary because that means that like spirit or ghost has ways or some kind of persuasive way. Of getting you to them and then, yeah, you're pretty much done for.
1: Yeah, and also the beginning of this story makes me believe that she's been successful in this before because they're just moved into this house and she has this window across from – her window's across from the kid's room. So it makes me feel like the kid mysteriously – the previous owners, the kid mysteriously vanished. They probably were so heartbroken and distraught that they left, they moved, and then – a new family moves in for the same thing to happen. Kid disappears. Then they probably move and rinse and repeat type thing. So this, Now I
0: wonder if she would continue to do that. If they were to like foreclose the house, what would happen to her? Right. Like would she, would she be able to like move the house somewhere else or what? Right. Huh.
1: I don't know. Because maybe like her house just fucking disappears. I mean then – There's some ghost stories like that where a mysterious house appears in the
0: middle of nowhere and then you go back there and it's gone.
1: Yeah, so maybe it's like that. I really like this one. This one was probably one of my favorites, even though it was like a five-minute story. I feel like this one had the most mystery to it.
0: Yeah, I just feel like kind of how you mentioned a little earlier in your impressions of it that some of these did not make well going from writing to picture. And I think that's because, for me, did you ever read, like, Goosebumps when you were younger? I've read, like, one or two. So, for me, I've read some Goosebumps. I even, there was a time, I don't know why, I just felt, like, scaring myself. I Google search, like, world shortest like scary stories and obviously i'm pretty sure you're probably familiar with this one like one of the most famous ones is two sentence long the last man on earth sits in his house and he hears a knock at the door
1: right it's you have that mystery that's also like holy shit type of thing yeah and i feel that a lot of short
0: scary stories they have a lot of potential. Don't get me wrong. Like for that one, it's two sentence long, but it boggles your mind because you're like, wait, what's going on? Like, and you fill in the pieces you put in your own scary creatures. You put your own paranoia into that story that when you see it on the screen, when it's not what you think or it's not as scary as you imagined it to be then you're kind of like, wait, this is what they decided for it? This, now looking back on it, it's not that scary. Where, like, for instance, that river one, where I talk about, like, the ghosts coming in the town, like, watching it, none of the ghosts were really trying to harm anyone. So it doesn't seem scary, but if you were at a campfire, you're at this house or whatever, and you're, like, talking about it, like, with no visuals or whatever, or you're, and you're reading it, and you put your mind what kind of ghost you want to see and, like, what all this happened, then it makes it, like, ten times more
1: scarier. Right. Because you're filling in the blanks to what you see as scary. Whereas TV shows and stuff, they're painting the picture for you, so certain things might not necessarily be as scary as you could imagine it for you. Yeah, and I just I don't know maybe maybe they're just the way it's written is a lot better than the screen. I was just over overall I was just underwhelmed with these stories, but there were a few good ones that I'm glad I watched. One I didn't mention that I kind of I just didn't want to talk
0: about because it's gross. But if you want to watch it, it's episode ten, it's the first one. It's the one before the river to Afterlight. It's called Oil, and it's like it's not even really scary, but it's just really gross because it deals with like pimples and shit. And I'm just like, Ugh. I didn't feel like talking about it to be honest. <laughs> but like you said, there were some good ones. But even like the good ones, like for me, they I never really felt scared or like. Because I've watched some of these at night thinking, I was like, I want to watch some of these and see if, like, I got scared or whatever. But some of them,
1: I'm just like, they're more weird. Yeah, I would definitely say that they're very weird.
0: And maybe, like, I I just feel like if I read these, they would have been a lot more scary than if I, like, watched them. Because there's one that's a very short one where they build like scarecrows in this graveyard for their deceased lovers and stuff it reminds me of a goosebump story where a scarecrow comes to life and you thinking that oh a scarecrow to come to life that's not very scary but how it's written and then how you imagine it and everything because it was a short story i think that one was only like a couple pages if i read this one The scarecrow one. I feel like I would have been a lot more scared than when I saw it. Because when I saw it. It creeped me out for a moment. But then I'm just like. Okay. After like it ended. I'm just like how it ended. And the angle they showed. Because instead of showing like the faces of all the scarecrows At the end it just shows the back of all of them. And it's Mm -hmm. like. If you showed the front. And like their faces like change or something. That would have left me with chills but you showed the back and I'm just like, okay, so you're telling me only like one or two of these actually did something. The rest are really just scarecrow. So I'm just like, it kind of pulled me out. So that's why I said reading it. I definitely would have had more chills than watching it.
1: Yeah. And looking at like some of his artwork is really neat because he is really good at making really gross and creepy characters. And I, I just feel like some of it just didn't do justice his artwork 100 percent, is
0: horror style like as soon as i oh, watched yeah. it i was like oh yeah people are dying a <laughs> lot of people are dying
1: yeah ew i'm i i see a and the manga picture of your oil episode that's yeah. gross
0: Yeah, that's what I said. His art style is great, and I feel like reading it would have done a lot more justice Mm -hmm. than watching it. And I know we had a few times of the whole discussion like, oh, you can't fit everything in the anime than you can in the manga. Well, this isn't true for this one because they are short stories. But I feel some short stories should be left as short stories, especially if they're horror agreed because like you said the first one you watched because i didn't watch episode one that when they're trying too hard to be scary especially if it's a short story it will come off funny or comedic and then it kind of sets the tone for everything else that you're just like mm. yeah.
1: and then voice actors play a heavy role in how the episodes perceived which they had some pretty good voice actors through the other one they I watched But the first one, I just... I did not like the voice actor. And then he shows up in another episode. Uh, I think it was episode 5. It was a continuation of his story. and It's just... I don't know. I didn't dig his stories.
0: My question I would like to leave you guys is... What's your favorite short scary story? It could be like a folklore. It could be something you read. It could even be like a scary story you tell at campfires when you were younger. But what's your favorite short scary story?
1: Yeah. And I actually only have one fact for us today cuz I was slacking on the facts, but this fact is Junji Ito gave likeness to Hideo Kojima for his character for a character model in the game Death Stranding. And he's not the only famous person in Death Stranding, but that's for a different episode. <laughs> And that will pretty much wrap up our Junji
0: Ito collection.
1: Yep. Uh, Make sure you guys check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Weebspawn. And feel free to email us with questions, concerns, recommendations at weebspawn at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we
0: will see you guys next time when we weave spawn.